Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas de Caballeros. Welcome back to another edition of Leaving the Ring Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas, with my co-host, Mr. Gabriel Montoya. I'm a little off today because uh, Ruben Paul, 713, dude, he just threw me off. I'm starving right now. I'm hungry. And he's over eating <laughs> caldo over there right now. You know, I'm starving. He said it. Now I have it on my head right now. I want some I want some Mexican soup or something. You know, I haven't eaten all day, man. It's got off of work. Rust over here. Uh, some people thought that we uh, we died off again, Gabriel. Can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I mean, uh, if you follow, no. The, follow the show. I mean, you know that life happens to us. We're a couple of blue-collar guys at heart, um, and and we got to take some time sometimes. Last week, we both were dead. Like you were, you were at work, and and I was dead from like a weekend of doing. I think I think we did the show like three times or four times. Yeah, it's it's you know yeah, it's brutal. So here it we is, are. We're is, back. It gets, it's Monday. It gets <laughs> it gets kind of tough, you know. Um, even though we, we had a lot to talk about for last week's show. But, you know, work calls and when work's there, uh, you got to take it. I'm, I'm one of those really fearful guys that recession could come around the corner at any time. So when somebody says, hey, you want to do another job? I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, there's more going back to my savings. Absolutely. Let me jump on it. You know what I mean? So uh, I shouldn't be that, that, that fearful, but I am. You know. Well, you know, I mean, it could be a recession. It could be war with Canada. You know, anything could happen. <laughs> right, because supposedly no, uh, they burnt our White House down yeah. <laughs> not that long um, ago, according to yeah. our president and stuff. You know, but uh, hey, that's another – that's a, that's a, that's something to uh, say for another podcast here. Anyways, um, we definitely have a lot of catch-up here on Leaving Arena to talk about. A lot of fights to definitely talk about. Uh, a lot of names, a lot of news, big news, I would have to say. That have popped up since our absence here on Leaving the Ring. Uh, if you want to call in, you certainly can. 347-215-7598. We're going to open up the phone lines in about 15 minutes. I'm going to, I'm going to let you uh, take the lead here, Gabriel. I know you wanted to talk about something, so uh, here you go. Well, I was just curious about, uh, you know, the, Gen- Gennady Golovkin was awarded the Ring Magazine uh, pound, pound Belt. And, uh, Doug Fisher had talked about, you know, the, the, you know, Pernell Whitaker had had it, and then I guess in the 2000s it had, it had died off, uh, and they're kind of bringing it back. And and but you know, his, his reasoning for for having uh, Triple G have that belt is like he's you know the longest uh, reigning guy out there. He's had he's staked his claim, you know, at one weight. He's not a weight jumper. Um, he's in terms of title defenses, he's in that you know uh, rarefied air, you know, surpassing uh, Monzon and and Hagler, uh, uh, I think, what, matching Hopkins at this point or breaking Hopkins' record, uh, you know, and, and so he's he's the guy that at this point is, is kind of the pinnacle of the sport. And I, But I, I have to wonder, like, isn't pound for pound, like the original argument was that Sugar Ray Robinson, you know, versus Joe Lewis, like if all things were equal, that one would beat the other. And so that became like exactly. the pound for pound argument. Uh, this is like, well, this guy's doing the best, so he's the best guy. But I, I kind of argue that maybe there isn't even a pound-for-pound pound guy uh, in, in, the, in the sport yet. 
Like there isn't like Roy Jones wants to find it, you know, and he was a pound for pound guy for years. There's pound for pound number one, and there's everybody else. Um, and I, I don't know. You, you look at uh, Vasil Lomachenko has done so much in such a short period of time, um, and you know people can can dog him for the loss, but I mean you know it was a tough close fight, and he came on late. He you know if it was a 15 rounder, I would have bet on him in that. Um, but he hasn't really staked his claim in like one particular division. There isn't that. To me, that that super dangerous guy that was going to beat him that he dominated. Maybe you could say Gary Russell Jr. Well, could be that signature win, but time will tell. But I, who I, else I would, I would be in the conversation? But I would lean with more Lomachenko than anybody else. I know that everybody wants to stake their claim. I, I hear your argument. Stake your claim in one division. Uh, but to me, Lomachenko is doing exactly that, what a power power guy does. Jump up, jump down, take all. Who's available? Take the best who's in that division or close to it, close to it in the division. I think you know the thing about the pound for pound. The reason I've never got into the whole pound for pound, Gabriel, is because the pound for pound is like the Bible. However you read it, your interpretation is what you you're gonna believe in. You know, um, that's why they call the ring the boxing Bible. It, it, it really depends on what you're looking for. To me, what you said originally, how it it, it was written, is the way it should stay true. The way things have done now, it's really fit the bill for everybody else to, to have their argument of saying, well, this is the reason why. Like Floyd Mayweather, in my opinion, should never be on that list. Um, he really cherry-picked everybody he wanted to face after he left the lightweight division. You know, after he well, got that scare with Jose Luis Castillo, I mean, he, he, went, he went great matchmaker. If we want to do great match, matchmaker pound for pound, Freddie Roach, Floyd Mayweather are up there, in my opinion. Well, uh, I mean, my my larger point was that right now I don't think there is a pound for pound number one, uh, and it's not about just you know the weight jumping or, or not weight jumping. Like the, it's the quality of the campaign. And while Triple G is you know he's been a champion as Doug pointed out since uh, 2011. Uh, that's you know like Tito set the welterweight record holding the IBF title for like seven and a half years, 15 title defenses. Uh, so he's yeah he's definitely in that Hall of Fame era. I'm, I'm not trying to like downgrade Triple G or anything like that, but there are also, a lot of wins, guys coming up in weight. Kel Brook is probably his biggest, you know, one of his, his signature scalps. And that guy was coming up from 147 for the first time. Um, you know, uh, you look at this, like the Triple G's last fight. He lost a belt. Everybody's mad about, you know, and, and Doug talked about this in his interview today on, on Ring TV, uh, that the IBF, and maybe, you know, Connolly, uh, uh, the, the lawyer for Jacobs and for Dervinchenko, uh, so, you know, kind of gunning for one uh, client more than the other or, you know, uh, and kind of pulled the trigger on this to get an easy belt rather than facing Triple G or working their way towards it. Uh, I, I don't know. But regardless of that, I, I just think, I mean, you know, he just fought Vanas Martirosian. And then you're going to give him the pound for pound number one thing. Like he made that choice, regardless of how you feel about any of the politics or that it should have stripped him or not. Like he's made the decision to chase the big money fight. But then he made also the decision to, to fight a guy that, that was an easy out. Like how, how many exceptions do you give a guy I, I, I and then still this. make him the number one guy? Yeah, you know? but I wonder, I wonder this. When it comes to the Ring Magazine, not Doug, because you know, I think at the end of the day, we know, uh, you know Doug is the editor, but the same, whoever, you know, we know who's signing the check. There's a panel also with, with these right. things, too, of, of, of writers, right. you know. Of writers, exactly. Um, I think it's in a way of of of, of the rankings. Um, Doug Fisher did get a lot of heat for that, and it wasn't his decision. 
this could be another way too of like, hey, you know what? We didn't do this, but we're going to do this. We're going to compensate it by having bringing back the pound for pound belt. Well, I don't and, know. and they Who did knows? reverse the decision. They 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 did strip they did. Canelo of the of the ring title, and and uh, and that was you know uh, Mr. But Friedman. But it was from heat. The, the I think there was there was a lot of heat on it. You know, there were fans that were very disappointed. Fans that were outraged about it, about him staying in the rankings. So there was some well, backlash to it. There was, but I also I, I think it was interesting that you know. For me, anyways, when when this test came back negative, the hair test, uh, you know, Canelo's uh, result to me said, yeah, it backed up his story, and I think that's where yeah, Stephen Freeman went. I, I think a lot of people are like, ah, oh, you know, it's all tied to Golden Boy and this and that, and you know, maybe that's true, but your know, average Joe on the street doesn't know if Canelo is the ring champion or not. Uh, he's making a you know a, a publisher decision. And and then he reexamined it and said, well, it doesn't say one way or the other, so I'm going to go with the people that suspended him, the people that were overseeing the fight. That's the right. higher authority here. That makes sense to me. Uh, you know, whether or not I agree, you know, is beside the point. But it makes sense. You know, I don't even think it was just so much the heat, but I mean, maybe the heat made him go back and and look at it. Um, but you know, um, in, in this sense, I mean, you know, it's frivolous. I don't really. I don't get think it that he went back for Doug, thing. right? I, I I don't think that he went back for Doug. Um, I think Doug could justify anything that, that is thrown at him. You know, he's a very intelligent guy. There's a reason why he's the chief editor of the ring. He's the reason why they picked, the, you know, picked him. I mean, Doug is a psychopedia of boxing. Um, but I think that... He also has a conscience, though. You know, it, 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 I, right. I know it wasn't... Either way, all, all of that wasn't... It couldn't have been easy. I think it was the, the higher-up guys that realized that they got a lot of heat. And, and Doug gracefully took... The punch he rolled with his punches that were thrown at him, mm-hmm. because there was a lot of punches thrown at him, and 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 in truth, uh, the the people that are involved in the business or understand the business a little bit more knew that hey this is this is part of the business. Unfortunately, you know when you swim in mud, you're not like Shane Mosley and and uh, Nassim Richardson. You're gonna get wet and muddy. <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, well, you know, looking around everything else, it's like. You can make the argument for Terence Crawford or, or Vasil Lobachenko, but I, I, I want to see guys like, you know, not just pick up a belt and maybe defend it once and then get out of there. I want to, I, I do actually like to see guys take on other champions, unify. To me, that's what, because there's so many belts, it's like when you unify, you're almost just taking on the other top challengers. Uh, and that's how we find out who the real champion is. I want to see more of that before, you know, and, and you know, Triple G's got most of the belts. Uh, but the, you know the first belt he picked up was a vacant belt, um, and, you, and also here's is my last last point on it is just that when all you know the, the argument is all things being equal, but a lot of Triple G's big wins have been fights where he's favored to win. When right. all things were kind of equal, the Canelo fight and Danny Jacobs, he got arguably a decision that maybe could have gone the other way with Jacobs, uh, and, and a close. You know, we got a draw against Canelo. Some people say that Triple G won. I, I'm one of those people, but it's a close fight when you when you really look at it. Uh, so all things being equal in his own division, it's pretty razor thin. So does that tell me that that's a guy that you can place in any division and he'll win? No, no, and that's why the, the, the pound for pound is so difficult to to put a category of guys in there. I mean, look, if that's the way you're looking at it, Lomachenko is one of them. Every time he steps in the ring, he's the heavy favorite. Uh, Errol Spence definitely was the heaviest favorite of the last, what, of, uh, you know, the majority of his opponents. Um, his whole career. 
beautiful <laughs> career. Yeah, uh, Terrence Crawford. Here's another guy. You know, he's uh, been favored. Um, anybody you could think of right now, at the moment. I mean, if anybody that didn't have so much favoritism in his career sometime, uh, if you had a look at it, um, Manny Pacquiao. Now, you know, Manny fought a lot of guys. I mean, he was a smaller dude. And that was always the big discussion was like, okay, how well is this little guy going to take the bigger man's punch? He's moving right. up another weight. Now, granted that he had weight limitations, you know, there was uh, weight uh, stipulations, but still he was the smaller dude. Um, I mean, look at him. You know, if, you go, if you go look at right now, like uh, Daniel um, Roman, right? Um, everybody was like, super excited. And my only thought of watching that fight was they brought up Mark when you're But these guys really did test themselves. They really did seek to fight the better oppositions out there. You know, um, I think we're in such an era of building a superstar without really testing how bright the star can be lit. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it was it was beating Julius and Dongo. That's significant for Terrence Crawford, certainly. You know, uh, picking up all mm-hmm. the belts uh, and and just the, the the manner in which he did it. Uh, Victor Postal uh, beating that guy that people thought was going to be a tough opponent. I mean, the, the, he, uh, I think he's got a a solid case, you know, to be a, a top guy in the way he's moving up. Um, but I just want, you know, I like to see him settle in. And be in one spot, and and uh, out of the three guys right now we talked about, let me see: uh, Triple G, Terence Crawford, Lomachenko. Out of them, out of those three right now, if you had a pound for pound, who'd be who'd be on the top of your list? Errol Spence. Um, uh, I, you know, I don't know. Um, I think Crawford has a has a good case for himself. Um, all the belts he's collected. Uh, but it's also great timing, you know. I think he's going to be a beneficiary like that in the welterweight division because, uh, well, actually, you know, because, because, yeah, Spence has more belts in his universe than Crawford does. So it's up to Crawford to just become must-see TV, which he is. Uh, I don't know if that's, you know, uh, I guess must-watch app uh, is is what he is. Uh, <laughs> By the way, I like that app. I really do. I, I like too. the fact I've that I can people stand. I, you know what? Right. If people are complaining about it, let me tell you this, okay? When it's a Friday night and or Saturday, and you have to go somewhere with the family, and you hate DVRing because you you know that social media is going to blow up your timeline and you're going to see all the notifications, no matter how hard you try not to, unless you shut off your phone. The app is great. I'm standing in line. Well, the family's buying stuff. Or I'm sitting on a, on a chair that I'm not supposed to be sitting at at the mall, and I'm watching the fights. I enjoy the app. I really do. Yeah, dude. I yeah, love it's, it. Uh, okay. Especially I'm getting ready for the you know the the show or whatever, and I can have my phone. I got the you know watch ESPN app and all that on on my phone, and uh, it's just you know backstage can have you know headphones on and just keep keep up with the fights because I like to see the undercards. I want to see all the other fights, not just. Not just the main events. I want to know who's coming up. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a great way of, you know, keeping up with everything. But going back for the pound for pound, um, I'm with you. You know, I like Crawford. I, I'm, You know, nose to nose for me is Lomachenko. And Lomo's Lomo really won me over. 
You know, if you if you fall leaving the ring, you know that. I've never been a Lomo guy. There's just a lot of questions that I had that surrounded him. And if you know me, if you, if you followed me for, what, eight, ten years, you would know that I'm a kind of guy that doesn't like to see another superior boxer play with his food. I hate that. You know, if, if like Errol Spence went out there and he did exactly what you're supposed to do to a guy that's three level, four levels b- below you. You blow him out. Get him out of there. Why, why you know, bore, the, bore us to death? Just, just end it. You know, um, you know I'm, I'm one time in the 90s, early 90s, everybody hated Mike Tyson because you paid for a pay-per-view. And he went out there and he did his job. But the majority of the time when you paid for it, you knew – Dude, there's a lot. There's a there's a great chance he's only gonna last a minute, or maybe three minutes, or maybe even two rounds. You know, six minutes of boxing, not even boxing, brawling, and the guy's gonna get laid out. I guess that I've that's embedded in me. You know what I mean, Gabriel? Where I know if you can outclass a guy, take him out, get him out of there. With Lomachenko, yeah. What I've noticed with him is that I now accepted the fact that he doesn't have this KO power. What he has to do is he's got to – he's almost like an escape artist. You know, I went to Alcatraz, so I'm going to use this analogy here because I went over there for Father's Day, man. Thank you, kids. Thank you, everybody, for taking me out there. You know, I'm a Frank Morrison uh, um, guy. I read, his, you know, the books about him everything. But, okay, so Frank, this guy, is Lomachenko's an escape artist. You've got to test everything. You've got to see what's weak, what, what barrier it can, can be penetrated. That's what Loma does. He, he penetrates to see, okay, where's the weak link out of everything here so that I can start tapping and in the what I like. You know, so Terrence Crawford is a bit different, completely different. Um, he's a sniper. He, he shoots for it. It doesn't work. He adjusts, and he shoots again at another, at an, at another area. Um, so both guys, I, to me, are nose-to-nose. Now, I love the way Crawford fights, man. Uh, I just uh, the, the fluidity, the confidence, the the presence, um, the way he dismantled Jeff Horn. I mean, I think he, they they probably could have stopped it after the eighth. You know, he just got submitted, uh, beaten to the point where he just lost all his offense. I mean, I thought you know uh, Robert Byrd was a little uh, overly officious got right in there and, and, and really dictated what kind of fight it was going to be. There was going to be no holding. There was going to be no uh, Jeff Horn, grab you on one side, hit you on the other side, you know, rough you up and move you around. <laughs> uh, it's funny. It's like Crawford talked about, he did, he tried it, but uh, uh, Bird was having none of it. And, you know, Crawford talked a lot about that. Like, you know, everybody said he was going to be stronger than me, but I was a stronger man. But, you know, that also kind of discounts how, how Robert Bird was officiating the fight. You know, it's it's easy, it's good. To, you know, uh, you're going to be stronger if you've got the third man in the ring constantly breaking up the action and admonishing your opponent. Uh, you know, before that guy gets to work at all. So it, it you know, but still, it was a brilliant performance. And and uh, you know, that was about what I thought of Jeff Horn. You know, the, he, he made some, you know, a little bit of money. Got you know, got the title, won some money, made some money, and and uh, now he moves forward uh, into uh, who knows, maybe he can be a, a guy that uh, gets beat up in the PBC. Uh, I don't see him getting another title uh, anytime soon. His division is just full of wolves. Yeah, it's not like the uh, division where, you know, Leo Santa Cruz and, and Morris are at, you know, where it's murderous row. There's nothing really there. 
those guys can stay very active. Uh, Morris had a, got a loss for the second time in a rematch. They said about something about a third match, but I'd rather see Santa Cruz go after Russell, uh, Gary Russell Jr. And Morris is still, uh, to me, he's still in the game. So, yeah, Horn, I don't know what he's going to do. You know, uh, if he doesn't learn more than what he showed us on that last Saturday night on the SPN Plus app, I, I don't see, I don't see no reason for anybody unless they want to showcase for like Sean Porter. Let's say Sean Porter's the third man out on PBC and they need a body. Horn and him can go at it, headbutt. It'd be, it's going to be gruesome. You're going to find out who's the stronger, really, who's really the stronger welterweight. Uh, going ref, uh, referee, I like what you said right now because you know what? It, it brings up a good point that I was actually having a conversation with, with somebody. Um, you're not the first person I mentioned about, about Bird, uh, referee Bird, kind of stopping the action for Horn. You know, anytime they got close, he, you know, the, if there was any grappling, it was immediately stopped. We've seen Bird do that before, but we've seen this when it comes to either the star or potential star where the ref tries to make sure there's not too much physicalness where there can be a head clash or anything. They try to avoid that. You know, maybe to keep the fighter preserved, keep him fresh, to keep him going for the you know next, what, six months if they're going to get back into the ring or, or if there's some big money fight down the line for negotiations. We don't know. Excuse me, I don't really know. But it is, it, 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 it is kind of weird how we see that. You know, we saw that a lot with Floyd Mayweather fights. You know, Kenny Bayless would, would intervene right away. Uh, we especially saw that with Madonna, that's rematch. He intervened right away, made sure, you know, that uh, um, there wasn't too much mauling in there. And even and now with this one, with Terrence Crawford and Horn. But I, I, I still saw the more stronger guy was, was Crawford. You know, he was able to push him back, throw him off. We saw that. You know, he just pushed him right off, you know. And uh, that was something that a lot of us were kind of curious curious about, you know. So that, I don't know. That was an interesting point that you threw out. He's gonna he, he's gonna fill in nicely, I think, at that weight. I think that's what, where he belongs. And and what's interesting, you know, is that we're looking at this showdown between him and Errol Spence in the future. Um, I mean, I think you know, like Errol said before the fight, uh, you know, there's two belts in my universe that I need to go get. Um, and so uh, you know, he's, uh, yeah, I think he's referring to the WBC belt that uh, Porter and Garcia are going to be fighting over. Uh, and then there's, you know, the Keith Thurman belt uh, that Lucas Matisse also has a piece of. Um, right. So, uh, you know, before he needs to go after Terrence Crawford, he needs to get those. And, and uh, but looking at the fight, just, you know, projecting forward, uh, it's interesting that, you know, Crawford fights mainly and seems very comfortable fighting out of Southpaw. Like he sees things, that he apparently doesn't see when he's uh, fighting orthodox, uh, and maybe is you know, invulnerable in a way that he he doesn't feel you know quite on the other side, or maybe he just doesn't want to see the rest of the sport see what he looks like on there for too long. He's kind of hiding himself a little bit now that he's at the top in a different division, and that the right hand will be a different look for an Errol Spence. Is it's weird? It's like a it's like a faux southpaw versus a career southpaw in in, in Errol Spence. Uh, when that fight goes off, and and I have to think that Errol, I give him the the edge just because he's more comfortable on that side. But but then again, you know he doesn't face a lot of southpaws, so maybe it's a it's a weakness. I don't know. Uh, who do you edge in this this fight early on? Just you know, we're looking at two years you know before this fight happens. I think. You know, I think two years, even if it does happen, I I think it's going to juice up even more. 
Both guys are going to have more experience. Crawford definitely shows uh, the experience he has in the, as a southpaw. Um, Spence, though, does exactly what, what I was talking about earlier uh, in comparison with Lomachenko. Loma likes to play with his food. Spence doesn't. He, he goes out there. He knows if a guy is, is below a level in him, he takes him out exactly the way he's supposed to. What I like about Spence is that he does have the welter power. You could see it. And he knows how to place his punches really good. I mean, he sees openings pretty clear. And he, and he mm-hmm. takes advantage of it really fast. You know, there's no hesitation. Um, some guys you could see where they have to kind of look for it. And that's why I see Crawford. Crawford looks for where he needs to place the punches to, to create damage or openings. Spence sees it, and he executes. Big difference there. You know, um, I was, I'm pretty sure you, you're, the question of Horn being thrown at you, uh, what do you think Spence would have done with Horn uh, in, in, in terms of how Crawford dealt, dealt with him? I, I honestly think Spence would have took out Horn a lot faster. I think that he would have solved exactly what Horn brought to the table, saw that Horn only likes to lead with his head, probably would have caught him coming in. And so I, I guess my answer to anybody asking me this question again uh, who's more of a true welterweight puncher? I leave him Spence. And two yeah, years I, from I, now, I, I, if Spence continues to get more experience, not what he's been given now, because I mean, right now what he's been given is it, just God. It's a shit show. You know, I was Carlos not even Acampo interested in watching. Was, uh, yeah, it was a mandatory was, for the IBF, but it was a mismandatory, as they say. It was, uh, it's grim, man. Uh, it was, I, yeah, I it was really grim. Terrible. You know? I remember just watching tape of Ocampo and going, this guy is not, he's going to be, my call was Spence easy, you know, uh, because he just, right. you could see the guys, he, he was beating his developmental foes the way, you know, you should, but uh, real leaky guard, uh, kind of slow. There was nothing about him that said he, he was going to beat Errol Spence Jr. Uh, and we saw that. He just got overwhelmed and then just killed to the body. Spence is just, I don't know if you saw that clip on the internet of him uh, bare knuckle boxing with somebody just like going to the body. Uh, very few people yeah, just could sneak around elbows like that. Uh, and, and in between your guard to get to your body, like Errol Spence jr. Can. And, and uh, uh, it's really a thing of beauty. He's a, a punisher down there. It's, it's a lost art uh, in some ways. And, and uh, I, I just, I love watching him fight too. I, I, I kind of lean towards, uh, I've liked him since the amateurs Sorry, in the fight. I kind of lean towards him, but there's something about the way Crawford fights that he just, seems open to the moment and, and, and willing to change uh, everything, you know, his stance, his approach. Uh, like you said, we'll, we'll find out more about them. I, I want fewer showcase fights, but it sounds like that's, you know, what Spence wants is fewer showcase fights and more unifications, pick up those belts, become more of a star. And uh, somebody gets crowned in well, uh, you know, Spence versus Crawford. I think out of the out of both the guys, who's gonna get who's gonna be able to gain more, uh, you know, championship rounds in the welterweight division is gonna be Spence. But I mean, think about it. He defeats Horn, who but was supposed to beat, outbox, and knock out. Was from defeating that guy is now considered the best welterweight in the world, which is kind of weird. Um, you know, because will I don't think we'll we won't know. He's not going to be able to fight Danny Garcia. He's not going to be able to fight Keith Thurman or Sean Porter. Those guys are those guys belong to PBC. I mean, well, what he's got Paul Al Heyman. 
Right. What, what Crawford has... <laughs> oh, yeah, he's got Jose Benavides, which is probably, yeah, that's a, a good bet uh, sooner rather than later. Um, but then, you know, at number two, he's got Manny Pacquiao. Will, he will now be probably elevated to number one in the WBO. Uh, and then he's got uh, Cavaliscus uh, behind that. And then uh, Danny Garcia, you know, if, if he comes out in the losing end, at least has a lottery ticket over here in the WBO. Uh, you I know, still and, don't uh, think that. I, don't, I, I honestly don't. I think, okay, if anything, if you had to put a list. over. Yeah. Right. If you had to put a list for Crawford right now, in-house is Manny Pacquiao, Jose Benavides Jr. Out of the outhouse with PBC, I don't think that's going to happen. If anything, Eddie Hearn steps up and says, hey, um, you know, I can't make anything happen between Brooke and, and Khan. You know, Crawford, that's a big fight between those two. Uh, to me, that's more realistic. That's why I'm saying Spence, to me, is going to get more of the experience fighting the, the tougher opposition that is available than where Crawford and his team are going to have to struggle to find some good competition and wait. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, kind of slim pickings. But I'm curious, you know, if with their competing stream services, though, you know, Crawford's on on the app on ESPN Plus and you know, uh, uh, and the ESPN platform uh, with Top Rank, um, you know, is is Khan going to be off of Dazan or you know what, what's he going to be doing or Dazone rather uh, yeah. with with Hearn? Uh, so is he going to be cross pollinating? I think everybody's kind of locked in, like. Uh, I think it was Kurt Emhoff said that that uh, and and uh, Evan Rotowski of uh, Fistinados. It's like you wish that it was it was one of the one of them said it. I think it was Kurt that uh, they wish that the, all these streaming services would invest in the sport as opposed to individual perform uh, promoters with you know with their individual stables that are not. No one has a stable deep enough to, to you know if Al Heyman couldn't pull it off with all that all the fighters that he signed. That was like the biggest stable out there. Uh, as it, it, so it seemed, uh, like 200-plus guys. If he wasn't able to do it on his own, what makes all these streaming services uh, think that these guys are going to do it on their own and corner the market? Uh, maybe cornering the market isn't the goal, but uh, it just seems like everybody you – know, that's a whole other conversation. But, uh, yeah, for a guy like Terrence Crawford also, I mean, are, are you – you know, they, they asked him this in the breakfast club, and he kind of handled it, but would you really want to be the test pilot on the app? At this point in your career, you're like 28. <laughs> you know, like they know that the numbers were probably not high. No, I mean, Evan Evan mentioned this on Fisonados. Um, it's it's even two years is not going to be significant enough to 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 build a subscriber base. It's going to take time. You know, that's why the whole question like HBO is HBO out of the boxing business. Well, they invested on on their subscribers. You know, so they really don't need boxers, you know, boxing fans to keep them floating, you know, above to survive. They, they, got, they got so many other folks that, that subscribe to HBO for other reasons, you know. So when it comes with the zone and them, yeah, I mean, they, it's, it's going to be a tough breakthrough. It is going to be tough. I mean, it's, it's as much as, uh, you know, you get fans right now, and I, you know, I understand what fans are saying. I'm spending money here. I'm putting, you know, thirty bucks here, five dollars here. It, it does. It starts to add up, and become now, very expensive. It's not easy. I mean, you know, ESPN was already losing subscribers as as a as a channel 
Right. And then they're, they're, you know, they're trying to move into the future. And I, I agree with Crawford, and, and we've, we've been saying this for a long time, that it's streaming. We're part of that revolution on, on blog talk radio. But, uh, you know, also, uh, you know, I, I remember streaming back when it was just Justin TV uh, for, for uh, Fighter versus Rider and all that. So, you know, we, we've talked about this. This is where TV is going. And it's you talk to the, like, the younger generation, and it's like they don't even really watch regular TV. They watch Twitch, no. you know. They watch YouTube. Um, I mean, you you have you have kids, you know. I don't need to tell you. Um, it's it's, uh, but still, like, yeah, you know, are they are they going to do this with Lomachenko as well? Is he going to be a test pilot too, or is he get to be on regular ESPN? I'm curious about that. Hmm. Well, he was on the yeah. ESPN Plus, but but it oh. was on, you know, but it was, he was like on a- the ESPN. Oh, that last one was. You're right. You're right. My bad. My yeah. bad. But it was like uh, it was also. I think both of them are like the free sign up, and then you can like get rid of it. But I've kept it. I, I like it. Like I'm I'm always on the. Oh, code, I like it a so lot. So I, yeah. I, I need I need the streaming service. So I like the the Showtime app. You know, the same thing. You know, it's it's uh it's live and and uh, I, that's that's definitely what I need. HBO still uh still not caring. Still just uh, doing well, something Well, they're not. Else. I mean, like I said, their subscriber base was never based on boxing. Showtime have always wanted to be the front runners between the two networks. So they worked really hard on being those front runners. They, they finally got there. They won the race. Um, they won the race because the other guy just got tired of running circles around the other dude, you know, around Showtime. I think that's what happened. So... I'll be surprised to see what next move HBO does. I mean, I, I think it's just going to be the end uh, RIP for them eventually. And I think they're going to be fine with it. It's not, not, you know what I mean? I think HBO is going to be fine with it. It's not like they really need boxing fans to keep them, to keep them around. I don't think we, we bring enough, unfortunately. Well, to keep and things are, you know, are, are going to change at HBO now that the, uh, the big merger, the Time Warner, AT&T, goes through right uh that right. merger uh so now you know it's gonna be new leadership new approaches so you know it, it'll be interesting to see who keeps their jobs uh and and where they place do they place value on that you know will they up, update their streaming service uh to go live for events I mean, since you know boxing used to be um a flagship part of hbo will they will they value that i'm really curious to see that just that just you know happened this last week so it's going to take time but uh you know, and usually, who would have thought? Let me ask hmm. this: Who would have thought? Because you know, if you would have, we would have talked about this, let's say five years ago. Okay, remember this: ESPN is in more homes than HBO. And it's mm-hmm. five years ago, everybody used to say, if ESPN wanted to take over boxing, they certainly can. But now ESPN is in this position where they're like, we got to do something new, or we're not going to even have a network. Yeah, and they're they're doing that. Where HBO is like, well, eh, do we want to be in boxing? I don't know. They don't need and to be in boxing, you know. We don't I mean, need to be in boxing. <laughs> That's the crazy. They've part. created some of the greatest shows, you know, Deadwood, uh, The Wire. Uh, it, it's you know now like Westworld, Game of Thrones, which is like more than just a show; it's a phenomenon. Uh, yeah, how do you you know pe- people go crazy for that shit? Uh, how do you care about? boxing that much you know it's kind of a nice you know uh little bump i guess you have a guy that's an enthusiast 
Right, especially if you don't have a guy that's in this chair that's like a boxing person, a guy well, that I think, gets excited. I think Peter is. I think we saw some 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 uh, action fights because of his. You know, Kirkland Angulo was a, was definitely his. Um, you know, but but I think he's hamstrung by budgetary concerns and, and where right. the the current establishment values the sport. I mean, they they you know they kind of let themselves get devalued, you know, during the, uh, uh, Kerry Davis period of time where, you know, that where Al Heyman kind of comes out of all that. Uh, well, they got so, devalued by acting like promoters too. That's where they end up screwing themselves over when they started acting like they were promoters themselves rather than letting the promoters just produce what they thought was a good match. HBO was like, no, we don't want that guy. We want the guy that looks like a star that has the look, you know, they got Oscar De La Hoya who had the movie star looks and, Roy Jones of the world, and they were like, "Oh, this is what we want. This is this is this is the this is the 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 panel of of, of what we're looking for." Whereas, you know, at, before all that, you had Eric Morales and Barrera go at it. You had uh, uh, God, you had some great matches. I mean, you had I'm trying. There's a match in my head right now. Um, oh man, uh, what's his name? Um, yeah, Paulie Ayala versus uh, Johnny Tapia, great match. I mean, you had a lot of great matches. There's another fight in my head. I can't, I can't remember their names right now. I could see their faces in my head, <laughs> uh, but I can't throw it out there. We were talking about them a little earlier. Um, yeah, they'll come to me anyway. anyways. But uh, hey, you want to pass in some fight fans really quick before we start talking about uh, Jamal Charlo and um, and uh, Canelo and uh, Triple G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, five three zero five zero three rather. You're live on the next on. Leave it in the ring. Five zero zero three five zero three. Are you there, brother? Hmm. hmm. Uh, I'll go five one zero. You're live on. Leave it in the ring. Hey, Gabe. Hey, Dave. Sandler over here. Richard, how you guys doing? Hey, what's up, man? Not much. Uh, the first Pacquiao Marquez fight was on HBO on Red Ray HBO. That's I remember right. that. Yep. Oh shit, yeah. that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah that was right after when he. Uh, that was right after he stopped. He stopped Barrera. So yeah. Yep. Right after he stopped Barrera. Yep. And uh, Marquez was supposed to be like a lamb to the slaughter at that one, and it turned out to be a really good fight. And I think uh, Margarito versus uh, Paul Williams was on Red Ray HBO. They yep. had some really good fights. You know, they used to have good fights on Red Ray HBO, but. Honestly, I wonder going forward if it's actually better for the sports if they move on from HBO and you know, like for them, they're they're you know they're they're a content company like Netflix now. You know, their priority is like to have stuff that people can watch over and over and over again. And boxing is a lot of thing. You know, it's awesome. You know, for commercials and everything else, but as far as content, you can't watch. You know, people aren't going to be watching the same fight months later or whatever. You know, unless you're like a diehard like us. You know, so that's probably why they're you know they don't really consider like. Uh, Content they can hold on to. Uh, I have a question. What did you guys think about uh, uh, like uh, like these football teams and uh, also like Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Thunder getting involved in boxing? I think that's a good thing, you know. Like with Dallas Cowboys this weekend, and uh, I think next month the Thunder are putting the Alex Salcido fight on also. You know, and it seems like it's doing really well. Is, is that is that a good uh, avenue for sports? Um, I mean, I think cross pollination is always is always kind of a good thing. You you get into a new pool of people and and try to pull in, pull them into your thing. You know, uh, 
I think it's a good marketing strategy. You know, I don't know if it's a trend, you know, we'll see. Uh, but that's, that's, you know, I didn't, I didn't know about the, uh, the Oklahoma uh, Thunder, you know, I'm, you know, what's weird is like the older I get, like the, the others, the less sports I follow. I follow boxing. Uh, but like, even like, as like the city's going crazy about the Golden State Warriors, like I just, I just stopped like watching basketball, like, like a long time ago. Like, well, specifically when Kobe had his incident in Colorado and then I met him, like, I think before that, and he was kind of a jerk, uh, and that kind of just turned me off to the whole thing, uh, both those events. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, cross-pollination is, is – I wonder the, the guy that's really going to be able to successfully market boxing and MMA together and if they really even go together. But uh, maybe that's a, a different question. What do you think of uh, of Crawford and, and, uh, and Spence? Uh, you know, my favorite part, I, I know you guys were on last week. My favorite part of the, I got the SPM Plus and uh, I actually got the yearly membership because it's a little bit cheaper. It's like $50 a year. Kind of like hmm. Max Boxing was back in the day. <laughs> Max <laughs> Boxing was like five bucks a month or $50 a year. <laughs> I did the same thing. Right. Yeah. I don't know if everybody remembers that, but yeah, and I got free teaching. And, and maybe um, a shirt. Yeah, I got one. I never got my I was shirt. Like, two sizes too small. <laughs> I got one like a year later. It was like, two hey, sizes. at least you got a shirt. I never got mine. I actually had an email the first yeah, time. I, I was like, hey, he was yeah, happy. I got my shirt. <laughs> They're all I gave him up, so he was, he was happy. Yeah. Um, honestly, my favorite part of the whole thing, again, with the ESPN Plus app, was uh, watching the undercard, surprisingly. Like, I was really interested in, like, that kid from Stockton I had never seen fight before. That that uh, I can't remember his name offhand. He was wearing those uh, Warriors color shirt uh, shorts, the blue and gold. That guy, you know, that guy impressed me. And then uh, Shakur Stevenson, I wasn't a big fan of his early on. Man, it seemed like he was a little bit feather fisted, and now he seems like he's starting to get some mass strength. And he, you know, he, he looks like he throws some hard punches now. And he got rid of the the grunting, like the amateur uh, grunting. You know, when they throw punches, he got rid of that. Yeah, right. I'm actually kind of impressed with him. Yeah. So I, yeah, I really he, like the ESPN Plus app. He's developing nicely, you know. Uh, good balance on him. Uh, seems to have a killer instinct in there. Uh, you know, I want to see him uh, have some resistance now. Somebody punch back a little bit. Somebody that can take his shot, you know. But uh, but yeah, no, I kind of, I kind of uh, he's, I'm, I'm kind of warming to him a little bit. David, have you, do you know anything about that kid from Stockton? Who is that? Who is that guy? You know, I've never even heard of that kid. He looks like he has a lot of talent. I have to probably Google his name, but he was on the undercard. And it's about Gabe really Flotis, Jr.? Maybe that's who it was. Yeah, maybe that's yeah. who it was. Man. He looks like a he's good. talented kid, man. He's very yeah. good. I, yeah. I saw him yeah. uh, come out and spar uh, out at uh, Undisputed Fight Gym out in San Carlos. Uh, yeah, man. He's got real tools, you know, real he real does. nice technique to him. I think he, he's starting to settle in. Uh, and and really you know fight in a professional manner, really dig into his punches. Uh, I, I I think he's got he's got some upside to him. I was really yeah. He's got to keep his uh, he's got to keep his head clear, you know, um, just not let outside distractions get involved yes. with them. You know, that's the one thing about him in his camp is that there can be some outside distraction. So hopefully he stays on the right track and is and you know, he, unfortunately when you got family involved. The influence can be bad. It's not always positive. That's all I could say. Yeah, definitely. We all know that, right? You know, we got cousins getting in trouble, or family, whatever. Um, right. Another two, like speaking about the ESPN Plus app. A few years ago, like I, had, I was always into wrestling when I was younger, and I had grown out of it. Right, I got married and I got out of it. Right. And then when the WWE app came along, I got it just to watch the old stuff. Right. 
Like, I got into the new stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I got into yeah. the new stuff all of a sudden. I started getting into the new stuff. And I'm, one, I'm wondering if that, that could have the same effect as boxing, you know? Maybe, the, you know, it's so, it could be so convenient and it could expose you to more fighters, which it just did to me. I'm a hardcore boxing fan. I had never really seen that guy from Stockton. I, you know, I'm over here at Richmond. I never heard of that guy, you know? And I'm kind of excited to watch him again, you know? And then you, got, you know, so I just think it's a, it's a good thing, you know, like uh, more exposure for these fighters, you know? And uh, it is your access, it's, it's, you know, and the is going to it's going to take time. You know, I mean, like, you, I know, like right away, that's where ESPN has got to really sit back or even to zone all these other guys. I see guys on YouTube uh, video doing videos going like, it's not going to work and blah, blah, blah. And everybody's panicking. It's, the thing is, is that these things are going to have to take time because just like you mentioned, um, you know, what I like about ESPN Plus is they do throw a lot of old classic fights. Even uh, um, like their documentaries of old school fights. And to me, that's a great way of attracting somebody that's never actually even bothered to even look up the history of the sport. You know, if you're in a baseball and you come across 3030 and you see Tommy Morrison, you're like, oh, let me check this out. You know, let me see what this guy's all mm-hmm. about. And you see his story and you like yeah. it. And then you, 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 you have a chance to watch some of his fights on that, not, on that, um, that app. That's a good thing, then It kind of leads you into watching the fights. But is it something that's mm-hmm. going to happen right away? Uh, no. And I think ESPN, even DAZN, they understand that. It's not going to happen right away. It's going to take an, a, a time to develop, to push out there. Um, you know, like Evan Rakowski from Aficionados, he pointed out in one of his uh, episodes, I think it was episode 10, was, you know, like Netflix, they still to this, to this day right now don't have a return on their money. They're spending more money than making back. They're not making anything at the end uh, because they're they're so concentrating on their subscriber base, and that's what these apps basically have to do is really concentrate on their sub- subscriber base. They're going to lose a lot of money before they get anything back. But it's a great way too for the app. The the, the guy that controls the app, which is ESPN or the Zone, they have direct control and direct relations to their subscribers. So they'll know who's watching and who isn't. So mm-hmm. to me, I've said this, this is a great way for promoters that want to get involved with these apps and host their fights on here for them to really now step up matchmakers to really kind of put a, a scare in them. Because if nobody's tuning into these fights, because you put up, let's say four shitty fights. Now everybody's like, Oh dude, 44 fights. I'm done. That's, that's it. That's all it takes for fight fans. You know, I'm not going to spend another five bucks for a month to watch four shitty fights in a row. I'm bored out of my mind. So that's going to, to me, that puts kind of a fire under the ass of a matchmaker and a promoter because now ESPN could say, hey, I'm not going to give you, you know, uh, site-free money or anything. I'm not going to pay money for this fight if it's not any good. You need to give me good fights. In order for our app to continue to have life in it, you've got to give me something where people are going to buy to give it life. So... That's why I'm for this app. I'm for the apps because it, it should make a major change, and it also is going to create a new fan base of new of new uh, uh, fans and wa- you know people that are going to watch the sport. Yeah, generation exactly. You know we're losing we're losing these generations. I mean we're not even losing them just with the fight game. We're losing them in the workforce. You know in blue collar force. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants yeah, to be definitely. a carpenter. Nobody wants to be a plumber. Nobody wants to be a cop, a firefighter, or you know uh, work in the hospital. No, nobody. Everybody wants to be an engineer or something really fast to make. You know so the app to me is a great way of just kind of it's a great way to humble 
not just the fight fans, but a great way to humble the promoters and the matchmakers, in my opinion. I really enjoy Evan's uh, podcast also. It's super interesting, really well done, and uh, shout out to Evan, too, man. I really enjoy it. Uh, Nerd to Two is like also with pay-per-views, right? I, I love it. Yeah, I, I love it. I'm sorry, they put the pay-per-views on there. They don't. They don't have to give half to the cable company, right? Of the hundred dollars right. that we're paying for the for the pay-per-view fight, half of it goes to the cable company. Maybe they can lower the price point a little bit and make it more affordable for even more people. You know, you still have to pay a little extra for instance for uh for the Crawford versus Spence fight. Maybe instead of paying a hundred dollars for it and only a hundred thousand people buy it, maybe you get it for thirty dollars and much more people can afford it. More people more willing to buy it. You know, so I think going forward is actually a good thing. You know. I think so too, and and you know what? I know a lot of folks don't like Al Heyman, but you gotta give him, you gotta give credit where it's due. Al got away from the pay per view, um, you know the old the old pay per view uh, uh, model, and and if you really look at it, he didn't bother with it. He allowed other promoters, like for instance, like you know, like Bob Arum or Golden Boy. Hey, you want to put it on pay per view? Go right ahead. Because he wanted his direct money, and that's what he got. He got his direct fund. He didn't want no. He didn't want to be the middleman. He didn't want to be the guy waiting to see if money came for him. You know, so he allowed like Showtime and everybody else to do the whole pay per view thing. To me, that kind of woke woke and shook other people to realize, hey, we really don't need pay per view. We can go a different direction, you know. But maybe not in the direction of screwing the fans because we kind of fell short. The way Al Al did it, you know, because in in all reality, Al was very smart. He saw something that was fractured. He saw something he could take advantage of. He saw that that you know what nobody's gonna look behind the back by the time he's gone, and he did it. So I give him credit to, uh, for what he did because it did kind of wake up the rest of the world, um, boxing world, to kind of realize they got to do something different. Well, I don't think it's any coincidence that the last few. Uh... Pay-per-view stars have all been from Generation X, right? De La Hoya, Mayweather, Pacquiao, right? Nowadays, right. you know, the whole new generation, they're not interested in paying for pay-per-view at all, man. I mean, if, if they're smart enough to do Twitter and all this crap, right, they're smart enough to get it on the stream. You know, they're not going to pay for it anyways, you know? They're not going to pay for it anyways. So, like, the only people that pay for pay-per-views are people like our age or uh, or uh, Paisas, you know, basically. You know, but the people on Twitter, yeah. the people that complain about the pay-per-views, they're not paying for it anyways. You know, no, they're, they're going to get it for free anyways, man. You know? <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 they're ripping it off, man. People crying about the pay-per-views and stuff, they're going to rip it off anyways, man. You know, I just shut up already, man. But, um, hey, uh, thank you for taking the phone call. I know you guys gave me plenty of your time, man. I appreciate it, man. Uh, hey, no problem. Hey, thank you, enjoy the show. I'm glad you, guys are, I'm glad you guys are back, man. Thank you. Peace. Appreciate Thanks, it, man. Peace. All right. You know, I mean, you even think about it. Generation X here, Gabriel, uh, Floyd Mayweather, De La Hoya, all these guys, even Manny Pacquiao. You got to give it up for Manny because Manny could have stuck to his guns and said, I, I don't want to be in a, on an app. I want pay-per-view. But he understands his money is going to come anyways. It doesn't really matter where, where, where it's being filtered from. It's going to show up. It's going to be there, even though there are rumors that there is problems right now uh, of the uh, Lucas Matisse-Manny Pacquiao fight happening. Proof but, of funds. <laughs> yep, proof of funds then. You know, um, but, I mean, it, it, it just kind of shows you that these fighters still can get paid. It doesn't need to be pay-per-view money. Does it, you know, that the fighters don't get any – I mean, unless they negotiate it like, like, like Floyd. And that's why Floyd stuck to his guns with his pay-per-view is because he does get the uh, – what is it? Uh, um, God, what do you call it? Um, help me out, Gabriel. 
Because uh, it, 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 after everything's said and done, after the date, after the, the ticket sales from the gates and and and, and whatnot, the back end of money's going to come in. There's a term for it. I just can't think of it right now. And he'll get it. He'll end up getting that that money. That it could it could take up to three five years, but he'll get a check every you know every year. He'll get a big slum of money. It's residuals. There you go. Ooh, God, I knew I had it. <laughs> um, residuals. Yes, that's what he was. That's what he was looking and banking on. You know. So. Well, I think you know. Yeah, I mean, but Manny, that's not guaranteed either. No. That's not guaranteed. A lot of you don't know that either. You know, I've, I mean, we've spoken to so many different promoters that talk about pay-per-view. Uh, we've talked to them off the air, sat down with them, and, and they'll tell you a lot of times, sometimes if a guy doesn't want to pay their bill, well, not, not only the network loses out on, on getting paid, the promoter and the fighter end up losing out and getting paid. Yeah, so, so I mean, it's, you know, I'm curious. I, I, I was really excited to see that fight, but it, it seemed a little... Too good to be true, you know, and a little I'm bit. Still uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm hopeful. In terms of we've said, we've talked about this, you know, in terms of where man he's at in his career, I think it's a good fight for him. Um, let's patch another, uh, patch in another fight fan here on Leave It in the Ring. All right, uh, four zero five. You're live on Leave It in the Ring. Hi guys, in today. Doing well, Hello, brother. How you doing? Thing, uh, Santos from Oklahoma. Hey, what's up, man? No, How you doing, Santos? Doing good. A little while ago, when y'all brought up the Jeff Horn and Sean Porter fight, you know how they both do kind of like the both uh, the football jig move in the ring, <laughs> right? Yeah. Can you imagine both of them doing it at the same time? I can, and it'd be really brutal. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know what's funny? Is that when the fight was happening and Timothy Bradley was commentating, I was I was gonna tweet it, but I was like, nah, I'll leave it alone. But I was like, you imagine if Timothy Bradley was still around and Jeff Horn went at it, you know, it it'd be the you know a clash of heads all the way, both for both of those guys, you know, just one long clinch, you know, just... <laughs> <laughs> one long Hallmark commercial. That's what you guys yeah. would get. You have to let like like Steve Smoger uh, be the ref so that he could just let him work it out, you know, not break uh, him at all. I think we could definitely say that if Jeff Horn and Sean Porter got in, the hug fest would make Javier uh, uh, Fortana look like a, an amateur on his fight against uh, Granados. You know, it, I, I I wouldn't want to watch it, but. But anyways, man, what's on your mind, brother? <laughs> now, now we're going to talk mind? about the uh, Terrence Crawford mm-hmm. and Errol Spence fight. Uh, it's a more kill by Errol Spence. It's good, but he's big and strong. Like, he's a, I'm not sure who I would favor, but Errol Spence is, like he said, Gabe, earlier today, like that body attack is vicious. It's like, And he gets around those elbows pretty good. Yeah, uh, he just you know I mean so, you got to body up on somebody to make your strength count. But like he looks like he could, he's going to head to to one fifty four at some point. I I don't think Crawford goes up there. I could be wrong, you know. That's kind of how I'm also picking, you know. It just I don't know. Like he hasn't looked like man. he feels that though. Even as a welterweight, he still looks like he could pack on some pounds. Yeah, perhaps. You know? I mean, how old is he? Was he twenty eight? 
I don't know. Well, let, me conference? let me look it up. Yeah. I've got I it. I think Comfort's 30. Is he that old at this point? Yeah, he is 30. Jeez. It still oh, feels wow. like they're building him, even though he's got all those belts. Like, doesn't it still feel like yeah. you're waiting for the career to kick in? Yeah, it's like, like it. He hasn't had that defining fight, that that adversity. I mean, maybe that comes from being that good, but, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like he hasn't really planted his flag at a division and, and, and defended that, that flag enough times. Yeah, it's kind of like you said earlier today, like, no matter who you put these guys in the ring with, like, they're favorite over a lot of people, you know what I mean? Like, in my opinion, I think Crawford beats everybody at 147 except for Errol Spence. I think Errol Spence is the guy that that beats him, but I think yeah. he takes care of Thurman pretty good and everybody else. I think that's, I think, I think what you guys just mentioned, that's why we feel like his career hasn't, you know, seems like it's been that long because of the oppositions, you know, and, and because you got to kind of sit back and see, okay, who's he going to face next? It's very slim in, 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 in his pickings. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, I guys had talked about earlier, like Jose Benavides, like I don't really want to see that fight, and I know we're probably going to get it next, but I don't want to see it. I know. Who wants to see that one? I mean, I like Jose too, but I, I, I'm sitting there. I mean, we, he was on the undercard, and I was like, oh, man. I mean, he's strong, but let's not forget, the last time he stepped up, it wasn't very entertaining. You know, and there's nothing right now that shows me that he can be really competitive against against Crawford. I don't know if you guys see me. I just don't see him being competitive at all. I think he gets stopped. I think he would get outclassed. Yeah. I just, he has so many bad habits, and it, it's you know, uh, it's, yeah. I just don't think he's in the same. He doesn't have the same skill set, same class as, as Terrence Crawford. I think it would show. How does Benavides? You know, Chop trying try they really did try with Benavides, you know. But there was a lot of injury. I mean, he shot himself. I mean, the guy was out of the ring for how long? <laughs> I mean, what are you gonna do with the kid? I mean, he right now he's acting like a guy that has a chip on his shoulder, but of course you got a chip on your shoulder, you know? Um But is it enough? There is there a story there to even make it intriguing? I don't even see a storyline there that goes Hey, I want to see this fight. There's real bad, bad, bad blood between these two. You know, I just don't see it. He's 26, so he still has time to develop. Benavides, but I, yeah, I get the sense but... that he's the guy that, that he is who he is. You know, he's been with Top Rank since he was 18. He signed with them when he was 17. Remember this? Yeah, yeah. And this is how long it's been, and he still hasn't really done much in his career with Top Rank at this moment. I mean, yeah, except get hurt. Except get hurt. And shoot himself? Because I remember Bob Barham hyping him up big time. Like, oh, he was big time. To be like the next Floyd Mayweather when it was. Yeah, I mean, that's like I mean, a he long did, time. That's he, why I was asking his he, age. Exactly. And he was doing great sparring he, and, and at the wild card. Uh, Freddie Rhodes talked him up a bunch. But, I saw him, yeah, spar uh, uh, Amir Khan. I think it was a, might have been Khan's first sparring session or his first sparring session there at the wild card. And it was. Yeah, it was. It was. It, he, the kid had talent. It, it, it definitely uh, it caught my attention. You know, just his poise and everything. But yeah, it just never quite panned out. Lays on the ropes way too much. I don't know oh, who ever told was, him yeah. he's good on yep. the ropes. But my goodness, yep. get off the ropes. 
You're not good at it. I think it. that I think I, it had something to do with his legs. His legs got tired, so he just leaned on them and rest. You know, he did a lot of resting on those ropes. Cutting weight, yeah. I had one more question, guys. Uh, I was looking sure. on, on some website, and uh, Amir Khan gets name gets brought up with Terrence Crawford. Is like, who would y'all favor? I, I would favor Crawford in that one, but that'd be an interesting fight, I think. I wouldn't mind I seeing think, that one. I think Khan with anybody is interesting, to tell you the truth. You know, I know we everybody bags yeah, on him. We make we make fun and whatever of him, but if you think about his hand speed, he's got punching power, and I think you've said this numerous times, Gabriel, that. Have we ever seen Khan in a, in a in a bad fight? No. Yeah, no. He comes to fight. You know that that's one thing the kid does do. He shows up. He fights. He's got hand speed. He's got power. He could turn a fight over. You know, around quickly. We saw that with uh, with Marcos Madonna. I mean, you know, he he dropped him with a body shot. You know, and he got rocked towards the end. It's just he, the guy. It's, to me, it's must TV. Uh, must TV. Must see TV. You know. And he's got Joe Goosen now. So. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah. I mean, I think Joe's an experienced hand, uh, and he's getting to know his fighter. It sounds like they've got good chemistry. Um, you know, Amir seems serious about, you know, uh, this, this this leg of his campaign. He's, you know, uh, I've never seen a, 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 a shoddy Amir Khan, you know, in terms of his conditioning. I mean, I think he, I, I didn't think he looked good versus Canelo. Like, but, you know, he was fighting well. Uh, people thought he was winning until he got knocked out. Uh, and that's the big thing, you know. Uh, we'll... we'll you know, Crawford hit that chin. Will he be able to get to him? Because Amir's got good legs. He's got good tools. He's just, you know, he's got that Achilles heel, and it happens to be on his chin. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. 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 That and Skype. Uh, All right. Well, thank you, guys. Wow. All right, brother. Thank you. Thanks, man. <laughs> comment. I know. I <laughs> that's every, yeah. I was going to say, that's everybody's key. No, it isn't. It, it's uh, only a certain, certain amount of folks. Uh, all right, Triple G, Gennady uh, Golovkin versus Canelo Alvarez. Finally, the rematch has uh, been signed. It's going to be delivered in September and Mexican Independence Day. Um, a lot of folks excited. Everybody was in a major, major panic <laughs> on last week, Wednesday, because the signing was supposed to happen at noon. Oscar Dolo had tweeted out. It's, uh, we have gone, we're past, we're talking to, uh, you know, uh, uh, BJ Saunders or, you know, uh, or Danny Jacobs, whatever it was. And then Gennady Golovkin was sticking to his principles, saying, I'm not budging. I'm going to stick to what I wanted, what I deserve, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. At the end of the day, it happened. The novella boxing finally came through <laughs> and there's a happy ending after all, right? Um, you know, I mean, here's here's some points here. Um, when we get on our leaving the ring Gmail, you know, some folks were like, "Do you think the fight was is going to happen?" This is before the announcement. Do you really think that you know Gennady Golovkin wants to go after B.J. Saunders? Uh, and I was like, "Okay, about uh, black fighters not being entertaining. They they don't like to engage. They want to run around. They want to do this." Remember that. He, there was a reason he shamed black fighters. So why were they so interested in B.J. Saunders? I mean, B.J.'s not a black guy, but he certainly doesn't engage, and he runs around. He fits the, the bill of what Abel Sanchez was describing. So I, didn't, I never really truly believed that that was the fight they were looking for. They're saying now that, that after Canelo, if he wins, uh, Tom Lawfer, if they win, um, they're going to go after B.J. Saunders. But to me, it was 
a, a lot of what Abel Sanchez was to make sure that Canelo stay, stands in trades, um, doesn't want him to counterpunch. I mean, he even said it again in an interview. You know, I dare him to stand there and punch with my fighter. I didn't know there was a tough man competition. I thought this was a, you know, a, a boxing match. So, did I believe any of that? No, didn't believe it and stuff. Did I believe that Triple G was going to stick to his guns on 50-50? No, not really. I believe that, you know, in negotiation tables is, hey, you throw up the highest bid, and you try to get as close as what you were looking for or better, and that's what he did, you know, and all kudos to him. He did exactly what he got what he wanted, supposedly what he wanted. I honestly believe, and I've always been a theorist, of, is that Tom Offer finally called him up because Gennady Golovkin was in Russia and was like, dude, listen to me. We're not going to get any more. We need to take this. We got a lot already. There's a lot of money already on the table. We, we need, we, you know, I don't want to go to this horrendous negotiation with BJ, BJ Saunders if that's what really we're going to go after. But I tell you what, we're not going to get even close to the money's being offered to us right now with any other fighter besides somebody that brings a country. So the fight's made. It's going to go down. Canelo has a year layoff. Is it still competitive in your eyes, Gabriel? Yeah, I, I think it is. I think, you know, Canelo, he'll be able to shake that off. You know, might, the rest might even do him good, you know. Um, I think Golovkin is going to fight. Like people said, he's, you know, he's got a chip on his shoulder. Um, but I think, you know, they probably had one. In the, or, I don't know. Maybe you should have had one in the last fight because they seemed to feel like things weren't going their way, you know. Uh, they said they looked at photos and thought maybe that the, the guy was juicing the first fight. Uh, they didn't, you know, he used an illegal rap on the night of the fight. Um, and yet, the you know, his fight was close enough that it could be taken from him and, and made a draw. So we'll see if at 36, Golovkin is going to fight meaner and tougher. And if, you know, Canelo is in his physical prime, uh, he's going to allow Triple G to do those things. I mean, I think it's going to be a good fight. Uh, the first fight, not one that I, you know, I rewatched it recently, but it's not a fight. And it was more just to, to kind of, so we could break down and talk about it. But uh, it's not a closet classic. It's not one that I'm like, God, I, I, I really want to see that fight again. Uh, there's not even really great moments in it. Um, you know, maybe the, maybe the the big flush shot that Canelo lands on Triple G and, and he takes it. Uh, but I do, that thought also, you know, we saw Canelo, uh, Triple G gets hit flush. And yeah, he's got a good chin. But, you know, at 36, how many flush to take? Uh, it's, I'm, I'm very curious about the fight. There's a lot of questions. You know, with Canelo in the 65 program now, um, you know, he's been tested, you know, he's being tested constantly um, or under the threat of it constantly. Uh, how is he going to perform? Are people, you know, are we going to get a, a look into what a guy is like without his program? Uh, or, you know, do the people that say he's clean, does that does it prove it for them? Uh, should he come out with a clean win? Uh, that's really what I'm hoping for is a great fight with a clear, decisive victory. Uh, it can be close, but it, it needs to be decisive, I, I think. You know, we, we don't need a robbery. That's the, boxing's biggest problem is getting on a big stage, getting everybody's attention, and then screwing the pooch. Uh, they can't do it. <laughs> right. They can't do I it mean, here. No, can't. I mean, they can, you know, but I hope they don't. The, 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 for the folks that are just solely going to be watching to see whether or not was this guy really cheating and et cetera, et cetera, me personally, um, I mean – I don't see any sign even before that. Uh, I I always knew what Canelo brought, you know, and and what I still see with the kid is that 
here's a guy that struggles with his weight. Here's a guy that struggles with his stamina. Uh, here's a guy that still needs to have things a certain way for him in the ring. Um, he's never been a great pressure fighter unless you're a smaller guy. You know, um, the question with, with Triple G is what game plan do they do they execute this time? Do they What we've seen more and more, the older Triple G gets, the less we see the old of Triple G throwing body shots. And if that's something that they watched and paid attention to the first match, was that Canelo gassed out on those last rounds. I mean, not last, I mean six rounds after that. After the fourth round, given more than that, he started to really slow down. Those are the things that I want to see. Does he attack earlier? Does he sit back and wait to see whether or not Canelo gasses out again and then picks up picks up the speed? Because that's how he won the first match. He ended up picking up the speed. He ended up, uh, you know, the pressure obviously did some good, but there could have been more, in my opinion. Like I said, the body work just wasn't there. Canelo, in my opinion, for those first rounds, first, first four rounds, was boxing beautifully. He was doing everything that he's supposed to do. Counterpunch, move, make the bigger guy miss, and make him pay. But it was his, it was his condition that, that, was, that failed him. So to me, there's a lot of interest in this fight. So when somebody asks me, are you still interested in this fight? Absolutely, I'm still interested in this fight. I'm actually interested in all the middleweights right now. I want to see every one of these middleweights get in there and mix it up. That's what, in a perfect world, I want to see them all. Charlo, uh, Andrade, uh, Dermachenko, Jacobs, Canelos, Gennady Golovkins, all of them get in there and mix it up. Yeah, anyway, it's, it's Sunday. Uh, no, no, wrap. No, yeah, I, I'm just uh, the 47, 160 to me are like my favorite divisions. I, I just, but even 54, I mean, it, it, it were hot. But, uh, I'm just I'm just hoping that uh, we we get through this for fight. We don't lock into a third one immediately, and uh, and then no, you know, no we get to the, the, the business. Yeah, <laughs> no yeah. I, I want I want to get to the business Twitter, of the rest of the, the 160 division. I don't think the Twitter experts of the world can handle another third one. I don't think the oh, Twitter God. experts of the world can handle another negotiation. You know because oh my goodness, Jesus, how people just kind of they kind of hang off of that drama. You know. Oh my God! This has completely ruined my day. They're not signing. Oh my Lord! This guy—you uh, know—he cheated. Gennady Golovkin deserves this. It's like shut up already, man. Just let them sign. Let them fight. They don't fight. They don't fight. Big, big deal. There's plenty of fights out there, you know. So and I'll, and I'll tell you what—I I still, uh, you know, uh, feel like—I mean, everybody gets really excited about the pageantry, like the, you know, it's a giant event, and I—I I get that. You know, but knowing that I'm not actually going to be at the fight, I've just been thinking about the fight, and I wouldn't have minded seeing Charlo or uh, Dervachenko. I kind of think that those guys would were, were bring something. We would definitely get a knockout in in both of those fights. I still don't think we see a knockout in this next fight. I'll be surprised if there's I'm, a knockout. I'm hoping we do. I'm hoping that we see something. We see something a little bit more. If Gennady Golovkin does come with a chip on his shoulder. We might see a, a bit more aggressive, and we also might see a guy that 
does a little bit more mistakes than he did the first time around. You know, because as we know, Remember, you don't want to go know, in there fighting upset. Donito Donaire, like the beginning of the end, was like getting named like fighter of the year. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, you see Triple G, is, you're starting to collect those accolades. It's like, you know, in the entertainment business, when they give you a lifetime achievement award, like, uh oh. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm curious to see, you know, at 36, again, you know, he's, he's not, he, he is showing some signs, I think, Triple G, of aging, of slowing down a little bit. Uh, not you know the punch know, output. I, I, you know what? I might say that for another for next week's show, but I really disagree with that. And, and and the reason I say that is because I've always said the better opposition you get in with, the more normal you're going to look. And if that's you look fair, at that's Triple a fair G, assessment. Yeah, yeah, if you look at Triple G's, uh, uh, look at his resume, and his highlight knockout reels have always been against 154 pound guys or guys that don't have a punch. You know, um, not taking yeah. anything away from Triple G, but everybody Kill made Brooks. Triple G to be this 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 guy, this killer. This guy's this killer, you know, and he gets in there with Monterosi, and well, we kind of knew that he was going to blow him out, you know, but when he gets in there with somebody that can take it, I mean, granted, I had said that when Canelo jumped up, but this was before Canelo did, you know, they were talking about Canelo two years prior to that, jumping up to face him, um, that Triple G was growing into that size, you know. And and frankly, we never seen Canelo get punched by a real puncher. And now that we have a fight, the rematch makes it a little bit more interesting. It also makes all the other middleweights him stepping in the ring with a lot more interesting. Where before, before when he just fought Khan, I was like, oh, dude, come on, everybody would murder this kid. You know what I mean? That's why they're keeping him away from 100 and, 160. Anyways, hmm. I'm your host, Dave Duenas. My co-host, Mr. Gable Montoya. We're glad to be back here on Monday. We'll be back next week at 6 p.m. Monday. Um, again, brother, it was fun. I'm your host, Dave. Join us. Gable, don't drink right, drive because you will spill your beer. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas Caballero.